Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. What's up, Gypsy gang? We're back for another episode of the podcast. And today it is with one of uh, what I think may be the coolest kids in the sport, Joe Shimoda. Uh, we, uh, unfortunately he got hurt, but it means we had a little bit of time to, uh, to get this podcast done. So I was really excited to do this one and shout out to Joe for wanting to do it because, uh, he's pretty open about his struggles with, with English at times. Uh, it's definitely a work in progress for him, but I said, don't worry about it. Let's just do it. And, uh, and yeah, I just, I wanted to learn a little bit about, a little bit more about what I think is um, one of the young rising stars in this sport and a guy who could, yeah, I think who could really kind of take the sport to a new level in Japan. We talked about when he went back to, uh, when he went back to race the nationals at Japan and the the response that he got. So I actually think that whole uh, ball is like already gathering momentum. So also you can head to gypsytales.com. That's our membership website. This podcast has been up there for over a week now um so you know if you run run low on gypsy tales if you're all caught up then uh that's where you need to go to get the podcast pretty much the same day as we record them it takes us between like four days and a week to get all the video edited and the ads done and all the social media and all the stuff so we basically bypass that whole process and just put the full shows straight on our members feed um, so you get them the same day if you have signed up to uh, gypsytales.com that's it for me uh, I will just get some messages from some of our other sponsors and then we are right into this episode just going to give you an announcement of a new sponsor uh, that I actually chased down uh, to get them on the podcast and that was because I really wanted to start using their products again. So to welcome Athletic Greens to the podcast. Now, if you've been following the podcast recently, you would know that we're on a massive health kick uh, as we get ready to take on World Vets at Glen Helen in November of 2023. Athletic Greens is not only an all-in-one formula that helps me just cover all my nutritional bases. Uh, it's also the first healthy habit that I have uh, that starts every single day. Before my morning coffee, uh, I get up in the morning, my partner and I mix our athletic greens uh, and kickstart the day with AG1. The team at Athletic Greens were so serious about their product uh, that they actually wouldn't let me do the ad read until I'd been on the product for about a month. Uh, And I'm really glad that that was the case because in this time, I feel like I've definitely seen some improvements. 
I have been struggling a little bit in the lead up to getting back on AG1 uh, and I've definitely noticed a significant increase, uh, I guess, just in the feeling of my overall gut health. Uh, as far as my partner goes, um, she has said that she's noticed a significant improvement uh, in the condition of her skin uh, and her and other females can have uh, some issues with their skin uh, as their hormones fluctuate throughout the month. At the end of the day, AG1 is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients of the highest quality that are able to offer gut health support, mood support, can affect your energy each day and contribute to overall healthier looking hair and skin. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash gypsytales. That's athleticgreens.com slash gypsytales. Uh, now, this is not a promo code. You need to specifically follow this link, uh, and that is going to attach your free one-year supply of vitamin D and those five free travel packs. Thank you to the team at Athletic Greens. We're excited to have you on board. We are also brought to you by the team at Manscaped. And newsflash, gentlemen, Valentine's Day is almost here. And by the grace of Cupid, our friends at Manscaped are coming with the best tools to get your boys downstairs ready for the special occasion. I'd like to propose making February 13th National Shave Your Balls Day. Who's with me? Get lucky this V-Day and join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped the leaders in below-the-waist grooming with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the code GYPSYGANG for 20% off plus free shipping. It's kind of funny. There's a famous story in our household of my dad giving my mum motocross boots in his size for Valentine's Day. And uh, it always resonated with me. I was like, you know what, Pete? Good call. Happy man. Uh, happy life, I guess. You know, just uh, something about giving a gift for yourself that makes you feel good so you can make your partner feel good. And I think that's kind of the same vibe here, you know. Get yourself the Manscaped kit, shave your nuts, and then you're going to make your missus happy. Um, so, look, I really think that um, I really think that there's some logic there. Now, the best way to do this would be the Platinum Package from Manscaped. It is the all-encompassing package that every guy needs in their life to make each and every day just a little more special. Not just for you, but for your missus as well. The headliner in this package is the Lawnmower 4.0. The trimmer's advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate parts, and it even has an LED spotlight so you can shave anywhere your heart desires. Did I mention that it is waterproof as well? This package also includes a weed whacker, nose, ear, and hair trimmer to whack all the worst of your weeds. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts their shed travel bag and their anti-chafing boxer briefs to keep. I've been running the travel bag uh, constantly since I've got it. And this is maybe one of the most handy parts of the kit. Uh, no platinum package is complete without the ultimate hygiene bundle to get, your f to get you fresh from head to toe. This bundle includes Manscaped's premium body wash, two-in-one shampoo, body and ball deodorant, and much more. Infused with aloe vera and sea salt, Manscaped Body Wash will leave your skin feeling clean, fresh, and hydrated all date night long. And don't forget, gents, no date night is complete without Manscaped's signature cologne that is guaranteed to put her in Cupid's chokehold. And you know I love a good chokehold. Your balls and lady will thank you. 
Get 20% off and free shipping with the code gypsygang at manscaped.com. You heard me right. That is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code gypsygang. Join Cupid and shoot your arrow with Manscaped this Valentine's Day. Good luck, fellas. We're also brought to you by the guys at MX Store. You can head to mxstore.com.au for all your dirt bike parts and accessories needs. These guys are the biggest in Australia by far. Biggest and best, in my personal opinion. Uh, We collectively in the Gypsy Tales office probably do about eight trips to MX Store every single week, Uh, whether it's new tires, new chain lube, uh, air filters, like you name it, grips, bars, the whole deal. Uh, So the guys at MX Store have always come uh, come in clutch for us. I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, they've come in clutch for you uh, at some point. If you order before 2 p.m., you get same-day shipping as well if you are not lucky enough to live close to their burly warehouse. That's mxstore.com.au. We're also brought to you by the Glove Lord and his lords and ladies uh, that run the awesome company that is Fist Handware. Uh, you can head to fisthandware.com. The code Gypsy Gang is going to get you 15% off as well. I don't wear anything else, and I haven't since pretty much the day Sammy started that company. I actually did, though, at one point in Bali when I didn't take any gear, and I got blisters really bad. So, yeah, I guess I have run non-fist gloves one time in 10 years, and I hated it. Won't be doing it ever again. Fisthandware.com. We're also brought to you by the guys at Dixon Quality. You can head to dixonquality.com.au going to get the same discount there when you type in gypsy gang uh look i know we're in summer but they've got all sorts of stuff they've got shorts they've got socks they've got tees they've got it all um and rival inc they also have it all when it comes to any of the aesthetic needs of your dirt bike whether that's jersey prints whether you need stickers for the back of your truck maybe you're one of those guys that puts your instagram handle on the back of your truck uh, you can get them from Rival Link, but what they really specialize in is the best graphics for your dirt bike. Uh, you've seen them on all of our builds, and you know that we love the guys at Rival. You can head to rivalinkdesignco.com, use the code GYPSYGANG, and that is going to get you 15% off. We don't have a promo code for the guys at Tropical Auto Group, but if you call Kyle... He is going to hook you up if you're a member of the Gypsy Gang. If you buy a new or used vehicle off him, uh, he will be giving you not only a great deal on the car that you choose, but also a $500 gift voucher from the guys at MX Store. Kyle's a G. He's been supporting us for a really long time. Uh, We really appreciate the support, uh, and they are a fantastic company to deal with. That's it from me, guys. Thank you very much. I enjoyed this podcast. Joe Shimoda, welcome to Gypsy Tales, mate. You're uh, you've got a bit of a busted wing, unfortunately. So I was like, you know what? Let's get Joey on the show. He's he's probably got a little bit of little bit of downtime. So um, thanks for coming on, mate. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. So um, few any any details on on the crash? Obviously, you're having a pretty good off off season getting ready for east coast probably going to be challenging for a title this year in the in the east but bit of bit of bad luck yeah just uh it was um uh thursday morning um 
Yeah, we were supposed to ride on at Glen Helen track, but it was too windy out there, so we uh, made a final decision to go uh, to the Corona test track. But we didn't really like water or prep or anything, so it was really marvelously dry um, track. And then yeah, um, I crashed on the section right before the whoop section, um, which like I try to keep the momentum. Uh, going fifth um jumping the last two last double and then unfortunately I, I didn't really have enough engine brake to keep the rev high so the bike shot off when yeah. I landed from the uh, three to double and then yeah I just as soon as I get on the gas it just went boom and then and then yeah uh. I just I it's motor racing you know you can't really do much so yeah, was what um th- this year's this year's been so bad for for injuries? What do you think that there's anything like different, or there's any reason for why we're seeing so many guys hurt? Like, <clears throat> is it is it just the pace is is so high, or you know, like have you kind of thought about what why that might be? Uh, for sure, I, I well, I can like think of lot lot of reasons, um, but it's just like. Um, ev- everyone's different like some rider like can deal with it easy but some like likes like to have on the different ways uh, but at, I mean like at the end of the day it's just like I don't know um, in my case it was 50-50 you know like it's kind of a part of my yeah. fault maybe I put a clutch in to avoid it but at the same time like the track and the the conditions um did just enough to do that so like yeah there's a lot of reason behind it it's um it is been crazy to see how just how bad and i mean your team in particular has just had so much bad luck with injuries and it's like you know there's there's i think the husky team doesn't even have anyone to go east now it's like it's been a brutal year for Supercross. No, for sure, for sure. <clears throat> yeah, we just, you know, we just trying to do our best. By uh, um, not just myself, it it was kind of hard to see like, because like the crash on set, that kind of happened right in front of me, um, and then I had oh really yeah, I, and I had like a ten minute uh, moto left after after he crashed. And then yeah, while I'm riding, um, it's weird because <clears throat> when you see a crash really c- close in person, and you try to ride after that, um, it's it's a little bit uh, not scary, but makes you like defensive. So it's yeah. like it was. It's, it's just like I don't know. I hate to see riders going down for sure yeah it's just a it's just a gnarly game you guys play i mean there's there's not i talk about it all the time on here but there's just not too many other sports where the athletes are just facing so much risk every single day and you guys are so good at your job and you're so good at what you do that you make it look easy and you make it look safe and we sometimes forget the the dangers but i think this year we've really seen like oh this is a 
there's a sport with big consequences and every day that these guys ride is a is a big risk no for sure yeah i mean every one one maybe two rider per week crashing at this like time of the year yeah i just hmm. maybe i don't you know uh i don't need to ride that much on the practice like when you crash in the race yeah like try harder um so much like reason behind it but on the practice day it's like kind of rare to see like uh people going down this much in the past i feel like so yeah maybe you know uh, maybe like it's important to try 100 100 percent maybe try to find more limits at the track but at the same time yeah like mm, what's what what are we like training for we training for the race so like if we can't get to the race it's kind of yeah yeah such a such a weird feeling yeah and uh it's funny man that you say that because i think that was one of the cool things about the world supercross series that i didn't really predict before the series started is that the guys fly in on a monday and you fly into the the uk or you fly to australia and there's no test track there's no practice bikes there's no like you can't actually practice before the race so you get there and then it's like media and you're working in the gym and you try and keep up your fitness but everybody's getting to the race because nobody can practice (laughs) for the week before and i think that one of the reasons why people practice so much in america is because the test track is right there and the teams are right there and and you get like a even me i've got a i'm gonna do world vets at Glen helen at the end of the year and my brother's training every day mm-hmm. and he's riding and he's he has like a different job and i have like anxiety because he's training more than me and so i imagine for you if you were like oh i'm not gonna ride i'm just gonna get to the race safely and then you see all of your teammates and your competition at the test track every day you would feel like a anxiety every day for not training so i think uh yeah it's it's one of the interesting parts of our sport i think is that you guys have the ability to do your sport like moto gp they can't do that in formula yeah. one they they can't do that it makes it's very unique to supercross no for sure it's it's uh yeah a lot of the riding volume is a lot than all the other motorsports for sure yeah makes sense that you're saying yeah i wonder like, i just had a I just had a thought then like I wonder if in Supercross imagine if they made a rule where like you could only ride Supercross one day for the week and it was like a testing day and all of your other riding had to be outdoors I wonder if that'd maybe make it a little bit safer I don't I don't know I uh, because it's mm, I don't I think that will be to me that will be more riskier once everybody's at the race yeah maybe because like because mm. like road racing always same condition it could rain and stuff but still like the yeah. track no bumps it's only like speed yeah but we have like these obstacles um you kind of want to um not keep working but kind of want to like um yeah like progression you want to keep progressing yeah like you don't want to get away from it and then jump on back to supercross it feels really awkward 
So, mm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. So, so being so being uh, on the sidelines a little bit, you've had a chance to be a fan of the sport and be around. You know, we've had A1 and then San Diego and A2. So, as a fan of Supercross, what do you think of the racing so far? Well, I think it's honestly, honestly, like supercross is like way different than all the other sports to me well i think the event is amazing um like you i don't know i just enjoyed it simply just from watching because i don't know i haven't watched supercross since like three years maybe in person so yeah yeah um yeah just watching the event just made me realize again oh how how like how cool this sport is um and then yeah like 10 maybe 10 11 years ago i came united states with my my parents uh maybe even more but well i anyway i watched the anaheim <laughs> it's crazy to see how much the sport grow uh from now to back then yeah. um no it's like i can't really believe myself um lining up to the gate every week you know it's crazy yeah it, it's uh it's one of the i think this year for me i said it on i can't remember what podcast but it's funny watching dirt sharks videos from this year has just made supercross look so cool the the event like you said itself and it seems like the crowds have been amazing and the the riding like i mean the the 450 class is just psycho you know the how good Eli's riding and Kenny and Chase and Coop like it has been such a wild wild season and it's uh it's cool that you can see how much it's grown in like maybe 11 or 12 years since you first came to Supercross no for sure yes so much different in 250 class and 450 class too um yeah like 450 class there's kind of no room for mistake um I feel like nah. you you tip over in a turn, could go from like third to tenth, maybe more. Uh, where two fifty, like yeah. you can kind of come back if you're a really good rider, have a fitness and stuff. But yeah, four fifty guys. Um, yeah, literally the guys up in front making no mistakes. It's crazy that they're doing yeah. it because track is changing every every minute, you know, and it's so crazy that they can do it for 20 something lap in a row <laughs> yeah yeah no it's it's been pretty special so so that's probably probably a cool thing to talk about then is when you very first come to america was when your parents brought you to anaheim was that like your first time you ever saw supercross or like when <clears throat> was the first time you saw supercross as a young japanese kid and when did you like set the goal of like I want to be a supercross racer? So, you know, everyone everyone's um, like start riding because of the passion, because um, the parents, um, I don't know, some reason to start it. My my case was little like little different different I would say. I uh, so my dad, well my so my dad liked riding motocross, and. He obviously stopped, uh, couldn't do it, keep going anymore due to like the, the budget, I would say. But um, 
and then yeah, one so one day it was a it was a Christmas day. Um, I come down the stairs. There's there's a a bike sitting ready for me to ride, and and yeah, my dad took me to like a small track, and I I was riding and riding. Probably I rode from four years old to seven years old, just for fun, no training, nothing is. I never raced it before, and um, didn't know what this sport was. And uh, yeah, one day my so my dad put signed me up for the race, um, th- and I got seventh. Okay, <laughs> not really good, but <laughs> yeah, in, in that moment, like hey, it's top ten, baby. Yeah, like it's in the points. In that moment, he's like, you know, I mean, the racing kind of fun, and then he he. Um, signed up for these all different races that's in Japan I started to race and ride more and was kind I was kind of getting better at it I got a couple like amateur championship there um, and then yeah things the thing was going well and yeah one day I came back from school this was when I was hmm, nine years old maybe yeah so I came back from yeah. school and and my dad my dad and mom said yeah come sit on the chair real quick and I sat on it and kind of serious talking and they said <laughs> you're like what did I do yeah wrong? and they said we're going to America next week bought ticket and everything for 10 days you'll be racing there and I'm like alright let's go like didn't really bother me that, that much because it was only for 10 days I'm like yeah it's like cool place to travel maybe and so we came here 65 that this was in 65 and and yeah we I did the uh, race called uh, you know the gold cup just amateur race yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so I did that and yeah. and yeah obviously not 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 that good um, I probably finished like four or five okay then I met Styles Robertson um, Pierce Brown Oh yeah, like the the, yeah. the the guys that I'm racing against right now, since since ever, um, they were literally going seven to nine second a lap faster than me every lap, and my dad wow. is like freaking out, you know, like what do you, what happened, you know, because I was doing so well in Japan and then there was like like this much difference within like you know a minute and 20 second track so and then and then after that um what happened was like i think it kind of lit my my dad a little bit we gotta like he's like kind of like we gotta get there maybe no point racing japan at this point maybe we should go you know race race in america and and i was i was like At that time, like I didn't really think ahead. I was like, okay, we can we can do that. Like I was like, I thought it was a cool thing to do, but yeah, like wasn't like really interested on like dirt bike, um, dirt bike world. Like a for career me. kind of thing. Yeah, I, I wasn't thinking like yeah, it's gonna be like this serious. I was thinking like, okay, maybe you know, practice and. Uh, race there come back and then you know um just live normal life or something but 
started doing well little by little and and at one point after Loretta's I was able to um, sign with Geico Honda and and at that moment yeah I set my goal okay maybe I have a good good opportunity now um, maybe I can um, be one of the big star in, in Supercross trying hard enough and then and then yeah, at that moment I set my goal and then took everything everything a little more serious and and here I'm at right now. Dude, yeah, it's it's a it's such a cool story and to I think one of the I think one of the things about uh your position is that there's no real role models for you to look up to. No, there's no so, one that's kind of so yeah, done like what you've done. Mm-hmm. Like uh, people, you know, people ask me, "What's the reason you started riding Supercross?" And then who's your like um, favorite rider? I literally didn't have any favorite rider till like hmm, maybe last year after Supercross. Um, I I kind yeah. of like. I like Barsha right now because he's just like um, t- from outside watching. I think he's really entertaining. So, but yeah, yeah like I didn't really have any, um, wasn't fond of the sto- sport at first. Didn't know what supercross or motocross or anything. And yeah. Yeah, I think. Um, oh, do you, do you know Barsha now? Like, have you met him? And no, like, I, no, I know them now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's yeah, really he's cool. Such a, he's such a cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that that that's quite a important. It's quite important for a young kid is to see a pathway into the future mm-hmm. and to look at people that have already achieved what what you want to achieve, and I think that if you look at jet he's had chad reed and if you look at all the american riders they've had um you know like everybody every champion you know the year before them so there's a very clear pathway in their mind of i can be like this guy i can be like this guy but for you i mean you know like akita narita was a, a good japanese rider but you know never a guy that was a a big name in motocross or, or supercross and i think that for as far as the the japanese go like most of the bikes that we race are japanese motorcycles mm-hmm. but there's no you know japanese <clears throat> riders on the those motorcycles so i think that for you to make it even this far forget about w- the future because i think that you're going to do so much more in the future but to make it this far right now to be a factory kawasaki rider to be winning races to be fighting for championships like you've made history for japan already and you're so you're so young yeah i mean it's really cool um i think yeah it, it'll be cool like if uh more of more japanese or rider come here and race but yeah i um i try to not really um like care about this history thing um because i feel like you know like you you obviously feel good winning for the first time from japan and stuff but it's like as i feel like as the athlete when you think you made something yeah. or when you think you're at the top for a second it's only going to go down so um 
yeah i think my my i think my strongest part when i ride is uh, i'm i'm being a little bit more careless than other person i i would say not not really get like emotional um always you know always just like hmm, like I get I'll get past you know try not go crazy Um, you know we have another race to improve so like yeah yeah it's pretty important yeah no no it's it's you're right like as an athlete you need to stay in the moment yeah, and like not state. think like, oh, I'm the best Japanese rider. No, like, not, it, you know, yeah. it's important to stay in that headspace. But, you know, I think I think that there's definitely room though at times to, you know, just reflect on, on where you're at and be like, well, like I've done something very special to get to this point and there's still work to be done and I'm still going to, you know, be a much better racer. But yeah, I think it's still cool to be able to look and, be like you've you've achieved something very special and you think about now there there is kids in japan that are racing you know maybe they'll walk down the stairs and they'll have a motorbike in in their living room and but they'll have joe shimoda to look up to and they'll say to their parents this is what joe did he went to america when he was nine he won all the races in japan and you know so like you're being the guy that uh, that these you know these kids in Japan are able to look up to yeah no that's I, th- I think that's really cool too um, I'm trying to be um, a kind of the person not not just fast but like yep. makes you want to f- feel like you want to be that guy you know like you know, you yep. know what I'm saying like because there is yep. a lot of fast riders um, and retire and gets name forgetting and i feel like yeah i don't want to be like that so working on working on my best yeah that will hey well like i remember um when we first started talking on instagram i said you're my girlfriend's favorite writer and it's crazy to me the effect so she hates bikes like, <laughs> really? she loves bikes in the fact that it's my she loves bikes and the fact that it's my job and uh it makes us money and it lets us live our life and pay our rent and so she never talks shit on bikes for that but i'm like trying to get her to watch a race like oh come and watch this come watch that and then she was always just like nah not interested not interested not interested and uh and there was a race it was last it was last supercross season and it was one of the times you maybe you want like won a heat race or something like that and you're on the podium and she's walking past and she's like wait who's that and i'm like oh that's joe shimoda and she's like is she is is he japanese rider and uh and i'm like yeah 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 she's like wow that's like that's amazing like she's never she just thought she's like supergrass is all just white dudes basically <laughs> and she's like oh this is this is super cool and japan's her favorite country she watches anime she's been to japan a bunch of times she'll eat sushi three times a week oh like she God. loves the whole culture of ja- of japan and uh and it showed the like your instant i guess star power that you can have by being on the podium and uh and yeah like i, I think it's uh yeah i think i think that by doing what you're doing you know you're saying you don't just want to be a racer um 
you know, I think like you're kind of doing some really cool things to maybe like get new, fresher eyeballs on the sport. Like you're eye catching and you make people interested uh, in a way that I just don't, I don't think other, other riders can maybe. Mm. No, I get it. No, I think it's, it's, I think it's, yeah, pretty cool to just, you know, <laughs> not just being on the podium and be the fast guy. Um, also, yeah. Um, yeah. I also want to be a writer that people love, love you, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think you, I think you're doing it. It's, uh, I think too, one of the cool things that we've seen in the last couple of years is maybe it's, maybe it's kind of got something to do a little bit with like you coming up with jet maybe because realistically you and jet are very similar age he's from australia you're from japan so you're both i guess like foreigners to to supercross um and you've seen you know the way that jet's so like free with his personality and and what that kind of brings but I mean, I think back to like the team fried videos from the last couple of years and, you know, you've got like go USA at Red Bud and, and like there's a real vibe that it seems like you and Jet and Hunter like can really feed, feed off each other. And it's really created like a, a, a super cool vibe. So yeah, maybe it's like a, some really good timing for you to come in and, and make your <laughs> mark as well. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, the red bar thing was pretty funny. <laughs> that was actually uh, <laughs> my sister uh, wrote wrote it on my stomach, and and yeah, <laughs> turned it out pretty good. But also, also, though, like when <laughs> you, you yeah, when you do this stuff, I feel like because I'm I'm from Japan, foreign country, like kind of want to be respectful, you know, like not just stupid I like USA blah 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 um yeah so like that was a little little bit aggressive for me but I guess people liked it so it's cool yeah well, and hey maybe maybe it's not uh yeah maybe that's not like as aggressive as you think like I, th- I think that was right in the in the sweet spot of of you <clears throat> paying like your respect to you know the u.s and because man it's it's a really cool vibe especially red bud like oh, that weekend fourth yeah. of july the crowd's going crazy and like it's so hard not to want to be a part of you know that <clears throat> that vibe going on i honestly i think you nailed it i think that yeah maybe don't think that that's maybe too far because i think that was like right in the sweet spot no thank you good to hear from you <laughs> <laughs> so what what is i mean so i've got um i'm real good friends with taka mm-hmm. you know taka from cat yeah so really good friend of mine so i've known him for uh like a very very long time now uh so i've always had a few um like i guess japanese like a connection with japanese riders um because they spent quite a lot of time in, in in australia but for people that don't know what motocross is like in japan can you give us a rundown of what uh, the sports like there, what the racing's like there, what's it like as a, a part of Japanese culture? Like, I guess, give give us all a, a rundown on what 
what motocross is like there what motocross is like there in japan um obviously like the racing is same like um i mean not too like uh, the amount of people is for sure less there over there um but yeah i, I feel like I think it's cool racing there, but I feel like the the main difference is they're they're I feel like they're missing on the, the exp- excitement parts of uh, motocross. I feel like mm, just race, um, go home, nothing like yeah yeah like uh, oh this like it doesn't. Like when I look at like a like a ticket of motocross Japan National or like a like a website or or something, it I feel like it doesn't make me want to go there. Um, yes, it's yeah. a little bit like what is this spent? You know, not not too attractive. Yeah. So I mean, so that's why like I <clears throat> if I have a time off, like. For example, last year, right after um, Pala National, um, mm. I took a flight next day, went there, raced that weekend um, to bring more people in and then, and then let them know how, how like cool this event is. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm trying to do uh, give sports something back, but it's it's kind yeah. of hard for me to do just by me you know so yeah yeah i i don't even, all i can do is just go out there you know um ex not explain but like show people okay this sport is sick and and yeah bring more people in and that's all i can do so um yeah 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 well i think um it, i mean it was cool like i watched when when you went back <laughs> and you rode especially i think because you're on the 450 mm-hmm. i think that that made a lot of people interested like to i guess get a bit of a peek into the future to see what it's like of for you on a big bike um but yeah i mean you definitely did bring bring attention to the the japanese nationals and i think um yeah i think we we all should probably be a little bit more interested in the japanese series because that's where all the factory bikes are that's where the new models are gonna be like japan kind of is a a cool place for the sport that we probably should put a little bit more attention on and but maybe just the fact that we haven't had one of the big stars come from japan maybe that's why we haven't you know the the attention doesn't kind of go there but Mm. i mean yeah i definitely found myself being extremely interested in that that race and also we've got jay wilson one of the australian riders he won the the 250 class championship there this year so i think a lot of aussies were more watching the the japanese series but yeah i think that by you going back there and it's cool that you have that passion to do that because it'd be very easy for you to take a weekend off and not get on a plane and not fly back to japan and you know you've just done a big hard season of racing so i think it is quite cool that you actually make that effort to go back and do that no yeah i yeah i enjoy racing there um yeah it was 
I kind of, I mean, I appreciate like the team, even the team Kawasaki uh, let me race there with 450. Um, yeah, surprising to me, but yeah, it was just all, everything went good there. So happy how it ended. Dude, and the track was sick, huh? Track, honestly, the track was really rough. Um, it rained yeah. the day before the race. Like it was started from mushy kind of soft dirt turned into like like the, the whole track was like really rutted so it was pretty cool yeah man it, it looked sick and there was some there was like a bunch of videos floating around of you doing some really cool shit like just going jumping super <laughs> deep into uh like into like rough straightaways and stuff like you made you made japan look pretty dope for that weekend no i, I enjoyed it i did enjoyed it a lot <laughs> for sure so I was uh, I was talking to Taka actually after the race, and he said that you were on pretty much just a like a fairly stock 450 SR Kawasaki. Was that that's right? Yeah, um, it, it's it's called I think 450 SR edition. Yep. Yep. Yeah. What? What? Yeah, just a pipe on it, and that's it and it was it was pretty good like you made the thing look like it was a fact well, it's, it's like from going to 250 to to 450 like like the power the power is enough i mean yeah. i'm not used to it used to the 450 either but yeah i hopped on it it's, they're like do you need more power i'm like no i'm fine <laughs> maybe maybe tune <laughs> yeah, it down a little too, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 Bikes, no, yeah, yeah you made you made that bike look yeah you made that thing look good and yeah i think taka was pumped because i think uh i know he puts a lot of effort into testing mm. that particular bike and he's like a very he's like a i guess just the ultimate japanese wait, you know are you talking m- mechanical minded person wait are you talking oh, about sorry. taka higashino yeah 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 Oh. Oh no 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 not Taka Higish no uh Taka uh Katsuya. Oh okay um, that makes sense now because that is like you, you said he's oh, he's you been thought, testing I'm like how does you know? freestyle rider testing <laughs> the, the bike? <laughs> no, no 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 Takashi. Ta- okay okay yeah he's he's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's he's the man but yeah he was like he was real he was like real proud he was like oh you know we set up the the special racer and because i think that they were maybe worried that yeah you'd want more power and you'd want like way more from the bike than than what they had but yeah he was stoked that you seemed to be like really happy with just like the fairly stock bike no i, I was yeah i was fine with it just yeah no no worries <laughs> don't don't think too much <laughs> that's so sick <laughs> so um you you've been i actually didn't know maybe not many people maybe not enough people know but you've actually got a pretty sick youtube channel that oh, really? that you're doing and you speak yeah dude i i hadn't i had no idea how good the content was that you're putting out on that <clears throat> that youtube channel and you're speaking in japanese for most of those videos that is dope and you have to keep doing that really um yeah, I was planning to I was planning to do it, but I mean, the color. 
uh, broken. So, but but yeah, I. Uh, what, what what do you think of like me speaking English? Is it is it funny or like pretty natural? Like the, no, the no, accent and stuff. You, yeah. No, nah, dude, you you should not be in any way self conscious about like the English or also I actually don't think that you should avoid speaking Japanese either because oh. so. So I think, um, so this is me speaking as like the content guy that wants to like grow the sport. Like I would like to have the sport more mainstream and make, and that's what I try and do with this podcast. Like that's why the YouTube thumbnails and the clickbaity titles and I want to be able to catch the attention of people that don't really know or like aren't hardcore Supercross fans. Like they might see our thumbnail on youtube and be like oh what's that about you know they don't have to know motocross to want to watch Mm. our content and i think that you know like i've seen i've got a bunch of messages like a lot of messages from people that were like oh man i didn't really know what supercross was but i started watching the podcast and like now i'm into it i'm gonna buy a bike and that's how i think we're gonna grow the sport and i think that's how you can use content and media to grow the sport um and that's why i think with with you it's like you can reach such a crazy audience man like and especially in in japan like i really think that by you speaking japanese and by you like almost like making your content for the japanese market in a way i think that's a way that you're going to be able to bring like a lot of attention and a lot of eyeballs to the sport because bro let's face it you're a good looking young japanese kid that is like amazingly talented on the dirt bike and i think about i I was thinking about this too before we started uh or like when we when we said we wanted to do this like dude if if there's no jet lawrence like you're probably him in terms of the attention and the like people looking towards like this is the next big star like let's say let's just like erase jet from the from the yeah. sport like then you're the national champion for motocross and then so all of a sudden we've got this japanese kid that has like i said good looking young dude that's come over and just won this massive series right so you know i think that we pro like we probably don't give you enough credit in a sense but that's because jet is doing is doing his thing so it's like but it's not like there's only room for jet and not room for you so i think that you still just keep continuing to to grow your brand and Mm. yeah i was watching the vlogs last night and i put the subtitles on so i could like you were speaking japanese but i could read everything that you were saying and then and then i think too like you know you're you're like I'm, I'm guessing you're probably a little bit nervous doing like long podcasts in English because you're worried about, you know, sounding a certain way or like the accent. But in Japanese, that's your ultimate personality. Like that's, you can express everything that you want to express. You've got the full, you've got the full language at, at your disposal. You're not having to translate what you want to say in your head. So for me, as a person that doesn't speak Japanese, mm-hmm. I can watch your videos with the subtitles on and I get to really see your full personality. So like, 
I don't think that you should worry at all about when you speak in English and like I don't think you should worry about your accent I think just lean into it and enjoy you know like enjoy the fact that you do speak two languages and then when you've got the opportunity to to uh you know speak Japanese on your own platform and your own videos bro I think honestly you should lean into that so hard because we're so used to yeah dude for sure man like I'm telling you and we're so used to watching things with subtitles these days it's not it's not uncommon it's not awkward like we put subtitles on our english videos <laughs> and so <laughs> yeah you know, people are people are, are used to it so yeah i i'm telling you mate i i think that i think that you're uh it's like limitless what what you're able to do and then i think that if you really just go with full confidence like i'm sure you've got so many ideas in your head and i'm sure you've got so many things that you would want to do don't let any anything stop you don't have any doubts about um you know like whether it's english or just zero doubts bro like you're honestly killing it and i think that any ideas that that you have just go full head on into it because like we all want to see it no thank you i appreciate that um yeah i was i just always thought hmm, because i when I do uh, YouTube videos, uh, either I speak in Japanese or less English, so uh, not making too much troubles. And I don't know, it's sometimes I, yeah, I do, I do feel like when I talk to someone, I feel like even myself, I'm trolling them or like they're not taking me serious enough. So I was like, yeah, just forget about the English part. Um, and they use the Japanese or whatever, but yeah, um, you know, my <laughs> English is getting better too, so yeah, maybe I start using it a little more. Yeah, yeah, no, I think, because um, it, it would be, so my my partner, she's not, she's not, uh, English isn't her first language, mm. and so I think that I see, uh, I think I, I can see the, maybe some of like the insecurities that, that you'd have as like someone that's speaking a second language uh or english is your second language so yeah i think it would be quite quite hard and um there would be like sometimes some doubt and confidence issues that you would have as a result of it i imagine yeah for sure (laughs) um yeah i I need to do better (laughs) but it'll be fine that's that's what i'm saying i i don't think yeah I don't think you do need to do better I think like everyone understands everyone is grateful to you know like have you in the sport and it's funny like okay so you talk about Taka Higashino he's like the ultimate for just not giving a fuck like he does not give a fuck at all (laughs) no that's true (laughs) and like wankies wankies the same you know like they they don't have like amazing english and they don't give a fuck like they just run it and they're so funny and they like fully like lean into it so yeah i think uh uh yeah english is gonna get better over time but at the end of the day like who gives a fuck like you're you you're doing the best that you can and like where we all just appreciate it no for sure yeah <laughs> yeah that guy in one case super funny I watched one of the uh, DVK's <laughs> news channel thing. 
<laughs> have you seen that before it was i was dying yeah, laughing dude. on that so yeah that that's super funny but they just run it man like they're they're not worried but i think you know maybe do you think that in supercross you just it's like very professional very like you know do, is that the thing where it's like yeah. oh they're freestyle on so, supercross yeah, it's like so, different so like freestyle like um more of you know like not not bad guys but like you see like twitch twitch don't really care like showing smoking or something you know free about themselves yeah. which which i think is really cool um it looks fun it looks exciting but yeah like I, as like uh because because i'm the, the racer is a little bit i feel like a little different more a little more um former like more more professionals so yeah i just don't really want to like um have any troubles so yeah mm. I, I just have to i just have to be careful you know maybe that's yeah. the thing yeah yeah but i don't th- it's not like it's not like you're out there smoking weed in your tesla on the way to the test <laughs> track, <though. laughs> yeah <laughs> 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 so I think you're, you're sweet you're sweet in that in that way um yeah but the vlogs dude so I think you're like your motocross a nations vlog mm. I was I think that's probably that was probably one of the coolest videos I've watched oh, really? in in a long time and just to to see like the yeah like you interacting as like a you know with like Japanese like you're a Japanese like you had a Japanese filmer and you're like you got to really just be yourself and like have that like your authentic personality without any translation or anything like that and yeah it was it was really cool and i i guess i just hadn't really thought about it too Mm. much but it was something that i like enjoyed enjoyed watching you know like just bang click the subtitles and and really get to see like see you do your thing no i think i appreciate it (laughs) yeah maybe maybe i'll try to try to bring it back for when i'm when I'm actually back to racing, make it more fun. Yeah, yeah. So was that was that was that the plan this year? You were gonna actually do some more videos and and I like do, do the I do YouTube thing. Yeah, I was like um, hiring one guy already, ready to go. Uh, but yeah, it just I just canceled everything, you know. So I was yeah. gonna do it. Yeah that's cool who was the filmer that you had doing it um so one one we we did all the youtube stuff was his name is yu yamamoto he's actually uh from japan um likes to do this camera works and stuff so yeah we'll just book like pay for flights whatever hotel fees and and like um and like a daily salary thing and then yeah. I just let him do all the social stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. No. Well, he he does a really he does a really good job, dude. Like I think you guys. Yeah. Hopefully, when you yeah get back to racing and especially like outdoors and yeah, it'll be it'll be super cool. Do you know like do you get in and look at the analytics of your YouTube and see like where the audience is like how much is American how much is Japanese? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I never looked at it. No, you, yeah, you don't know. 
what about on on your socials is it mostly american followers or um i don't, I don't even honestly i don't even know how to look at them like what like what part of the country that <laughs> catch the most eyes on like you can see those stuff yeah yeah oh really i, yeah, I, yeah, I don't you know can see all that stuff yeah it'd be it'd be interesting to know because like i look at you know I, I look at you like a um it's funny so before i started the podcast when i was doing like the filmmaking and all the documentary stuff we actually went to japan to film we we're doing this documentary with like a music band they were american but they were going to tour with have you you know one okay rock yeah yeah was it them yeah so we were with those guys oh wow yeah that's yeah. pretty crazy so yes yeah so the band so we were with a band that was like under them and it was man it was crazy like i remember because so the singer yeah that his parents are like really famous in japan is that correct <clears throat> oh i don't i don't know the small details but probably yeah so from what from what they were telling me um yeah the singer's parents are like the brad pitt and angelina jolie of japan mm. so we'd like get to this hotel and there was just like thousands and thousands of people trying to get a fo like full paparazzi it was like justin bieber shit right and so we like get off the plane we get a bus and then we go to the hotel and there's just like all these people and they're like having to like part the crowd so that the bus could get into the hotel i'd never seen anything like it and then when we went to we went to the show there was fifty thousand people at the show and it was it was in tokyo and it was like a it was like a big airplane hangar kind of thing you know like where they put airplanes like those huge buildings mm -hmm. and uh yeah, 50,000 people were at this show and I just never seen anything like it. And it made me really think like, wow, Japan's crazy. <laughs> like really they get like, uh, like fan, they get, have like a crazy fan kind of, um, uh, how would you say it? Like a, I don't know. It's like a, they really love their big stars and, and like big celebrities and stuff. And I just, I, I look at you and it's like, cool look you know you got like tattoos really cool style you look like one of those rock star kids <laughs> that we were with and i was like i was like joe shimoda could be a rock star like this in japan yeah i just you know i yeah i just gotta <laughs> i guess i gotta try to catch more attention for for this sport but yeah the fan no, honestly think, fans they're like really cool um like how do you say it? like like a not just a fan like a fan fan once you you like the sport and stuff yeah like i went back there um maybe i got like like lots of lots of like hand gifts that they get uh for me to, like they gave for me to take i left the track with some yeah. so many stuff it was pretty crazy yeah and and yeah that's kind of exactly what i'm talking about yeah. like japanese culture has like a a real appreciation like if you're a fan of somebody in japan then you're like a fan fan you'll yeah. really love that that person and i think that it's quite a cool part of the culture in japan i think yeah and yeah and also um one thing i i thought about 
uh, when I went back. Um, so you know, like how in here, when once once you're at the race and people want to take pictures and stuff, like free to ask, right? Like just you know asking athletes, can I take a picture with you? And I think which is cool. Um, Japan, like the people are so not shy but respectful. They don't like ask for the photos. It was surprising. Like they like, I come back from like track, walk around in the pit, um, just standing there, not asking anything. And I walk up, take a picture with one yeah. one like a little kid, and then he's like, "Oh, you take pictures?" And they're like, "Can I take one? Can I take one?" So like, I was surprised. Like, just like I just told him like, just ask me anytime or any rider. They'll uh, love to do that. <laughs> so it was so much different that's cool so was was it your first time back since you've been maybe like this popular or this successful so and was there a big difference from like the last time you were there to this time yeah so what was different was like the last time i raced there was seven years ago on on uh 85, wow. 85. so it was like i was i was still <laughs> raced the amateur class you know so it was the first time that i went back as a pro so that i think that was one of the reasons that was like pretty good impact on them were you surprised at the response that you got or because it'd be very hard to know what to expect oh my god yeah like uh honestly like the the truck the, the place that we did the race was not big enough for all like the people really? to come yes like like literally um so you get off this like freeway thing um to the track probably takes about hmm, 15 minutes um took about like two hour from like exit of the freeway really? to just to get in the track like people some people didn't even get to see like the re- like actual race i think um that's amazing yeah like on- honestly like li- like uh really surprised me i I'll like come off of like of the van or like the, the semi that they provide for me. Like I kind of wanted to like watch the track and stuff, like look other riders, but I couldn't even get to the track because so many people like asking for like, you know, handshake or something. So, um, yeah, it was, it was honestly like, it surprised me. It threw me off. Dude, I think that's very special and that's that's kind of that's really cool to hear because that's kind of how I imagine that it should be for you. Like I really think that you know, you've you've really done something quite special for, you know, Japanese fans and and the sport and like I said, man, like most of the bikes that are on the start line, you know, like or most of our manufacturers where it's Japanese, like the Japanese engineers built our sport and you know like they haven't they haven't got to have a person to really cheer for like it's such a it's such an important thing that i i think that that you've done and it's uh it's also quite cool that you're willing to like lean into it and you're willing to like almost give yourself to that that cause because I think that you know, there's there's different there's different attitudes you could take. 
So you could be the guy that goes, I just want to focus on my racing. I just want to, I don't really care about that. I don't want to. And, you know, Chad Reed sort of did that a little bit as a, as an Australian, like he was in the 450 class or the 250 mm-hmm. class in Supercross then. And he was so focused on racing and he didn't, he wasn't going back to Australia to race all the time. Like maybe I think, you know, once or twice he sort of did it. And, uh, and you can't blame a rider for that. You know, that's a, it's very hard to do the, the job that, that you do. Um, but yeah, I just think it's very cool that you're so committed to your racing. You're putting in the results that, that you're putting in, but at the same time, you're also dedicated to, going back to your country and being the role model and and being the ambassador and yeah i just i think that um i think that it's like a a special thing and i'm really glad to hear that it was like that for you like i i would be very bummed if you could walk around the track and nobody talk to you (laughs) yeah well well, like because so many so many people told me um japan's motocross motocross thing it's not gonna go for long, they said. But um, I'm like, so like I expected maybe, hmm, let's say maybe max a thousand people at the event when I went back. But yeah, it just threw me off. Like, I think at least there was like 7,000 or more, which is pretty rare because the place we did uh, the race was in like middle of nowhere. So like people will have to pay, yeah. you know, kind of a lot to get in, like just to get there. Um, yeah. So really, like, um, I'm I'm pretty, like, just thankful for them, like, just showing up to the just to the, the actual event, and get to watch and you know, mm. like feel this like, because when you watch in person, it's different, like, that you can feel this yeah. energy, you know. And I feel like with having so many, that many people. I think they felt. I hope. I mean, I hope they felt the energy. Um, hopefully, yeah. they'll be back um, for next year or something. So, uh, do you think you'll do the same thing? Like, is it maybe just going to be a thing that you do every year? You'll try and go back and do one of those one of those Japanese races. Yeah. So, if I have a good time off and have an opportunity to race there, yeah, I would. I would go um, every once every year. Yeah, it's uh, it's probably getting a little bit harder with the schedule, though. A little bit, but um, I mean, just one race, you know. So, and then you're coming off from yeah. out, outdoor, you know. So, uh, I, I think it shouldn't be that hard, but yeah, um, uh, yeah. I just hope that we can do it again. Dude, if you uh, if you go back this year, I'll try and come. I'll try oh, and really? come watch and like come and film and yeah, do something because I've been wanting to go. Uh, I've been wanting to go do a trip over there anyway, and I've been <laughs> I've been talking to Taka and trying to get him to convince Kawasaki to make a three fifty. Oh. <laughs> so I'm like. <clears throat> I'm like pushing him and I'm like, all right, I'll come over. I'll talk to the bosses. I'll shake some hands. I'll tell them, I'll tell them that they need to 
need to make a 350 so maybe it's a little little trip that i could do and, and go and watch you then maybe i'd uh get the the tour of japan with josh motor that'll be that'll be fun <laughs> that'll be fun <laughs> would, um, would you would you ride a cowie 350 yeah <laughs> i mean anything really <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm, I'm have I'm, you um yeah. have you ever rode a three have you ever rode a 350 no never oh, okay yeah see there, there we go we need to we need to get imagine like just something right in the middle like not not quite a 450 power but uh like a real well i mean probably your pc race bike is basically mm. what a normal <laughs> like a 350 basically it's it's funny because there's uh kind of a lot of bike i never rode um like um mm. in my culture we don't have the 50 peewee peewee the 50 you know like the oh, fast fast 50 yeah, yeah, two yeah. stroke one i i rode uh <laughs> yep yep um Q- qr50 which is yeah you know yep. what that is it's like a, it's like a piece of like a yeah, like yeah, a small yeah, one yeah. like it looks like a toy yeah. um yeah i started riding that i was racing on that actually and then that to that to 65 it's kind of like big change you know um massive dude massive, massive jump yeah like I, i'm like i'm riding 65 and then i see these peewee like 50 kids like jumping this big tabletop and stuff i'm like kind of like high danger <laughs> um because <laughs> the wheels are so small but yeah like there's a lot of things that I didn't know or I didn't like um it took me a while to like figure something out. like for example suspensions I rolled stock the bone stock suspension till like beginning maybe like middle of 85 I think really yeah like cause I came here with stock suspensions um I thought it was pretty good like pretty stiff and stuff and then long time ago you, you know Josh Riveris yeah, yeah 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 he was like a good friend of me and then cause he had pretty good suspension on his bike so I was like mm, can I try that bike uh, or, or he said try try this bike for a little bit and tell me how it feels and it was like super like obviously really good but I didn't like it at first because I was not used to it at all so, I mean, now that I realize that was pretty crazy that I was trying to go, I was trying to match the pace with having like an all stock thing. It's kind of hard to do nowadays yeah, because the yeah. kids are so fast, you know. So Yeah, it's it's crazy the level of amateur racing it's over, crazy. in America. It's just, yeah. it's insane, bro yeah like i was thinking you know you you see those there was like all the practice clips that were coming out of um hayden deegan on the weekend at at a2 and like insane corner speed and the way that the way that he was riding the track like that's his first time in an indoor and all those kids were just ripping it's like what is going on like you know uh the number 300 on the kawasaki kid uh Oh, I'm not sure. Like really good whipping at Adams, maybe. 
Um, no, anyway, I'm not sure. I think Maybe. he's one of the team green kid. Like he throws like a big whip with like knack knack and stuff on eighty five. I'm watching no I'm like I'm watching that like even like I don't know a few weeks ago I'm like <laughs> don't look at me <laughs> um, oh that's so funny yeah it's just it's, yeah a little a little too much I think <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah dude it's just it, it's it's insane when you just see but you think about the the time those kids get to to ride you know like we had the had Barsha on the podcast before uh before this one and he's just he talked about living at mtf and just from you know nine years old just riding every single day just for hours and hours you know like yeah. i'll put uh. i've i've had my i've had my 350 since like 2020 and it's got 60 hours on it <laughs> like yeah that's crazy dude he'd do that in a week so that's like so that's like also another thing in in japan um when i was little i would i would only do riding weekends like i would just mm. go to school um even when i came here like we get we got a visa and stuff um stayed here for like a full time uh, I would go to public public school and and uh, write writing like a, you know Paris night and stuff um, nighttime writing and then Saturday Sunday a little bit yeah so it's just crazy that the people can ride you know every day doing this for sure kids gotta be fast <laughs> do you think do you think that um, would you have liked to ride every day, or are you kind of glad that you had a more normal childhood? No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good for every day. <laughs> it's too much for me. Yeah. I yeah. I just. Hmm. <laughs> and this is just my feeling, but I just like to ride two two time, weekend. I mean week, maybe three. Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure, for sure, it's important to train more. But if I didn't have any trainer or anyone, just training by myself, I, I would probably ride two, maybe three a week. Yeah, yeah. And and what's your like? What's the thinking behind that for you? Like, why why does that? Why would that work better for you? Do you think? Well, so like, <clears throat> I love racing the event of supercross but like i said i i didn't start riding dirt bike as like a um like i didn't have any like role model for me so if i like dirt bike or not i like it but i don't love it love it like i never yeah. had the days like i woke up in the morning i want to go ride dirt bike it's like I mean, not to mean disrespectful, but um, I I take it I take it serious because I'm at the good good position with the team. Maybe have a good um, uh, shot of taking the title. So that's my that's my motivation. Um, but yeah, I just love racing. 
you know so that's why it gets me going but yeah, yeah. yes if people tell me if you want to ride dirt bike every day I will consider about it just, just <laughs> yeah. different you know and, and I think yeah. that yeah 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 and I think that's completely fine to say you know like the and and again there's there's guys that you know and so Formula One for example they're never in the car <laughs> that doesn't mean that you know do, doesn't mean that they don't you know want to win and that they're not doing their best to to do it but like you just can't train in a formula one car every day yeah. and then you keep other <clears throat> interests outside the sport and then you you don't get burnt out as quick you can have a longer career because you're not just like every single day so i think yeah like you could even hear you're like a little bit like oh i don't even know if i want to actually say that like maybe it yeah it sounds it just like, bad to it, say it sounds like but i don't think it is yeah so it sounds like if you don't like it why are you doing it right I think well I think mm. people are gonna say that which I totally get it but yeah I well I realized this only a few years ago maybe uh my favorite thing to do is is uh that the event you know the supercross that the hype and the people mm. that's what I like about this sport I still like the sport I just if they if people told me if you're riding if you like riding two wheels I'm like I like it, but not like love, love it. You know. Yeah, I, like, and I yeah. think that's fair enough. You know, it, and it's a, it's a good, it's your job. Like it's, and you've got a really great job, and you love doing your job. But yeah, you don't have to just love the, you know, every single part about you know the training and all that sort of stuff. I know, I know, Formula One drivers where if you give them a chance to drive a go kart, they'll laugh at you. <laughs> they'll be like. <laughs> I'm not fucking doing that. That sounds terrible. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. Just different. Yeah. So what what is like the main interest that you've got outside of racing? So like if, if you don't love, love motocross and you, but you love like the racing, yeah. what's the thing that you do are like really passionate about? What's the things that you're, thinking about when you're not dirt bike riding well i honestly um i just miss my friends family always you know um because i grew up in japan i would always go out with friends you know just to eat dinner or something and uh yeah yeah that's 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 the the only thing i miss the most uh in struggles not struggle but made me rethink t- sometime because I don't get to see the friends often um so yeah my f- like my hobby or favorite thing to do outside of motocross is probably just just seeing family um I'll, I'll go back to Japan we have like we ha- I have my like we have a parents house obviously and my grandma's house uh, my parents, uh, my mom is here, so I always see her. So I'll stay in my grandma's house for like two weeks straight. Like, just I, I can't get away with it. It's like it never like gets boring. Always enjoy my time with my grandma and stuff. And uh, yeah, just also, but I, you know, I just take that as a, another like uh, motivation for me. You know, I do this all the yeah, work here. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, get um, maybe make a little more money, come back to Japan, just two weeks straight, um, party. <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's sick uh the it, it, it is like a i guess it maybe ex- can you explain i guess the culture in japan around family because i think that you know like i'm about to well i first of all too like i fully understand what what you mean uh like i lived in america for almost like eight years and was away from like family and and friends and it's definitely like a a really hard thing to do to know that you know you are missing out on this time and because of instagram and because we're all so connected like you can see all of the things that your friends are doing and you're not there and you're not a part of so it does make it it is it's it's hard to go through that but you know it is like you said a bit of extra motivation to to want to be successful and you know be financially set up and you know maybe you can be a part of like taking care of your grandma and um and that so but i guess culturally what is i guess how does family kind of play into your life in japan do you think that maybe there's like more of a focus on family and like being together and and spending that time together in japanese culture so so yeah um culture difference mm. I mean, there's a lot of things, but how do you, actually, maybe there's not a culture difference. Maybe just because um, I was with my family, they live close to me. Um, yeah. All the friends from school um, are close to me. So I had a lot of people that's around me and I come here. So maybe I, I struggle on the amateur days because like I said I love racing racing spirit the nerves and stuff I love it but to wheels like as an amateur we don't get to have not as big fans uh, not like a cool stadium and stuff always training training we'll go to local races or regionals and then Loretta is the biggest race um, so I mean, I'll still get through him, but, but like struggle to have fun, just living, Be- mm. just because I, like, so first three years I went to public school. Okay, so, and zero speaking English. Um, <laughs> maybe I, f- I made one friend. Like really? one good friend. He's a friend of me right now too. He's actually really cool. He rides dirt bike too. Um, yeah, so. It just like from having okay every day you have like two or three people around you like you know good friends to do nothing every day just um, go out go out from the house go to school you do this all, all the work not talking to or can't talk to anyone because of your English skill mm. just really I I honestly I when I was at the school I maybe speak none because like mm. so I've just felt the too much of the English barrier it was whole nother uh, language yep. so yeah so like what's the fun at this point like 
you have no friends yeah. and only one maybe two of your family in in uh, your house and and yeah struggle a little bit but as the time go on um you know start to open up a little more and then and then it got better and better now like right now i'm i'm i feel like i'm a little more settled but but yeah like yeah. if yeah like if people tell me wh- where do you want to live right now i would probably pick japan but yeah just the sport mm. is so amazing here so that's why i stay but yeah maybe i don't think it's a culture different thing i think it's just it's just me it's just the ink that yeah it's crazy like the, the um language is so it's difficult like imagine imagine walking out the door right now um and you can't speak the english that's how i felt like so yeah like uh maybe that's the part of it being i'm maybe a little more nicer personality now because i know i know the feeling of those persons you know that's what i think mm. i don't think it's yeah, a culture thing it's yeah no that's fair to say i think um yeah it it is it is like such a a big deal because like you probably come across as very shy to people and you probably come across like very quiet and maybe people think like that's your personality and then i think that people like almost in would interact with you like oh he's very shy yeah but then it's like in reality if we took you from here and just to japan around your friends around your family like you might be the most loud extroverted funny like expressive person but just because you couldn't speak the language in the same way you can't express that same personality oh for sure so it's almost like you would be like two different people like the person that you would be in japan is completely different Mm -hmm. to the person in america but inside you're the same person but you just can't uh express it to the world here yeah yeah i think that's the that's the thing (laughs) like um and and that would feel quite that would feel quite hard and and like frustrating it's almost like almost like you would have been like trapped inside yourself in a way yeah because it's the it's the problem you can't fix it like that so yeah very very stressful but but i'm fine you know it's it's done now <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 hey give me one second i just gotta open this door real quick sorry hang on one sec worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back, baby. We're back. Um, <clears throat> do you... Hey, by the way, this is fucking awesome. You're doing really good. I um, I'm having a really good time. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so, so think about this, right? Imagine how crazy it's gonna be in the future. With like, have you ever seen the like Elon Musk with like the Neuralink and putting chips in people's brains and all the shit that's going on there? I did. Yeah, I heard about it. So, could you imagine you have, like, a, the next generation of Japanese kids that come over like you, but you got, like, a Neuralink chip <laughs> in your brain and you can just, like, learn English. Or you don't even have to learn English. Like, you can just speak Japanese to English people and then they just instantly understand everything that you're saying. Like, imagine living in that world. Very helpful. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's, it's like, I don't think that's impossible thing. No, I, I think, I think it's happening. It. Yeah. But, um, that will be so crazy. That will be crazy. Yeah. For sure. So was English just hard it's just hard for you or like do you think like learning because some people like so like i said my my girlfriend she speaks like three languages oh wow okay. and we we travel and she just like learns shit like straight away when it comes to comes to language so i think that you know like some people it, it seems like it just comes easier to than others like do you think that english was just like a it's a just a hard language to learn um from japanese or do you reckon like you maybe just aren't that talented at at languages no so it's like at first like i i didn't travel here for studying so like i came here nothing prepared like that's the first thing and then um also like from starting zero i would i would work on it but it's just like so like hard to um learn it like by yourself like makes sense like yeah 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 it's it'll be helpful if let's say if i go to this um like another family who can speak english and japanese that could help me yeah like okay he what's this word mean and they'll probably explain it to me but each word you type in try to remember um and you kind of remember next day maybe forget repeat repeat and then yeah, yeah. and then you yeah. get little by you get you know start to talk little by little so yeah well well good well honestly good thing my mom was really um um pushing me on the education side so yeah. 
it, it's like I hated at that moment. Like I don't mind going to school, studying, but just because I don't understand it, because I was hating it so much. But now, like yeah. I look back, it helped me a lot. Like, cause I go to school, and then try to ride like ride like maybe hour or two in the afternoon on the summer days. Yeah, come back home like six, eat dinner, shower, and I'll study from like the time I get back to the house like five, maybe four or five, like to like eleven p.m every day so yeah, it was wow. it was super like oh, I was kind of almost crying at the moment but uh, super hard that that one moment but it's like right now uh, if I can't speak more than I'm at right now it's I'm probably gonna struggle a little more so um, very thank- thankful but it's just different you know like yeah yeah oh man like it, it's uh I couldn't imagine, yeah, I mean, personally, I couldn't imagine going and, and doing what, what you've done and, like, the it's hard enough to be a pro dirt bike, you know, like, professional supercross racer as it is without, you know, throwing that, like, challenge into the mix and, you know, you've got, it's not even just the language that you're trying to learn, like, you're trying to get better at, as a rider and as an athlete and, you know, there's there's definitely, like, a lot, a lot on your plate. No, for sure, but it's done now <laughs> so yeah yeah that's it so uh focusing on a little bit of of some of the the races or like the the racing side of things okay pretty pretty cool to obviously like Geico so you did your first uh like the first little stint at at Geico that was the the first deal and then they end up closing down and then you find yourself at pro circuit what was that like to to get a pro circuit ride because that's like the dream for so many dudes um so yeah i mean it's a dream team but like like i said like i um in my in like in my mind okay as long as i'm in factory right and my don't let my parents pay for anything yeah i'll stay here um do what i can do make a living out of it but I mean if I missed out on the factory rides uh, I was thinking like just go back to Japan like no question yeah, I, really? I, I, I was like no, no point being here um, so I mean it was kind of stressful a little bit when the Geico shut down and then so I got a podium on the last round of outdoor I th- I think that that kind of made, and it's the rookie year too. It's it's hard to, yeah, you know, put put in a good results. Like you're unsure of so many things. So, um, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, that that kind of helped a lot. And then, yeah, like th- very thankful for my manager Lucas, for uh, putting my place. Like making my place there <clears throat> and yeah yeah it was supposed to be only supercross deal at first and they we extended it and then actually actually got my first win with him so that was really cool and then outdoors uh, some podium here and there it was a, it was a good season so 
yeah like, i don't <laughs> yeah i think uh i i think the they were they're probably like you probably were one of the guys what that when geico did shut down where it was probably a little bit like oh yeah he might not get a ride you know and and you you weren't really the big name because i would say right now you're one of the big name guys in the sport but then i mean you really weren't the the big name guy that it wasn't like a guarantee that you would no not at all get that factory ride but but then when you when you did like man you i think you're probably pro circuits like main rider now i would say which is crazy to think that just a couple years ago you were thinking maybe i'll just be going back to japan yeah it's crazy how like what the the confidence i mean that's really um yeah on the on the um geico ride that's my first year my like on the starting gate my leg will literally shake i'm like I'm, i'm telling guys guys i can't even like grip my bike right now like that like because it's so like i don't know i i I just took it a little different like because never had this much of big like not pressure but like excitement in japan so it was it was kind of first time for me i'm like damn like this is it's pretty crazy you know so like i have my (laughs) legs shaking i can't even like I I didn't even have a grip strength. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Yeah, it 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 makes sense, man. It it makes sense that it would have been a extremely overwhelming uh, thing to to have to go through, and yeah, to feel like maybe you don't belong here, like maybe I'm not fast enough, but when did it start to turn around because now like i said you're one of the main dude like if you didn't hurt your collarbone i'm looking at you and hunter to battle for the supercross championship this year and i think everyone's looking at you like that <laughs> no that's that's very really, really thankful but um only only the thing i had since i was little i had a really well i had a good um fitness i would say like, mm. I was able to, like, push f- fine at the races. I mean, obviously not, like, up here, but as a rookie, it's kind of hard to, like, push full for 30 minutes. But I was, like, okay with that. So always, you know, shaky shaky start, <laughs> bad start, and then, and then I'll come back to, like, 7th, 8th. And then, yeah, last round of <laughs> outdoor, uh, for the first time, I, I got a good start um just kept the pace and then and then landed on the podium so i feel like yeah the the fitness um like that's what's helping me right now too if i didn't have a fitness like last outdoors um obviously jet and hunter is really fast justin cooper is fast so um yeah one of my i think strongest thing is um um not not the best but i'm okay with like pushing to the end so that helped me a lot and and so you'd think that's just natural like even since you're a kid you're always just really fit mm, not not really i was fit at first but just 
when I trained, I never, uh, not really, I didn't really give up on anything, but always, mm. I was always riding like 90%. So maintaining, maintaining. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, like beginning of the moto, I'll be kind of slow, but I have a, a big feel to the end. And in some yeah, races, yeah. that kind of helped me. But yeah, now I'm, I'm at the good spot. Well, I think I think the other thing that that probably helps you with your like being there and being strong to the end is just like your technique on the bike is just crazy good. Like, I mean, you're one of the riders where you can pause the video, and every time you pause the video, you're just perfectly stacked in line like your technique it never it never seems like you're in bad positions on the motorcycle and i i think that's another little secret as to why you know you're able to be fit is because you're just very very efficient when you ride oh thank you uh, yeah that's that's the um strong part of me i think and and that's another uh also another <laughs> thing that's why um people tell me I'm sandbagging <laughs> cuz how my riding looks really. like so but I'm really not I'm trying my best so <laughs> where so where did you get that technique from is that something that like your dad was really good with or like you study the 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 riders because like to me you're like the Japanese Ken Roxon I think Oh well, um, I wasn't I wasn't good at all first like clutch, pulling clutch wide open, and kind of sketchy type of rider at first. <laughs> uh, but yeah, my dad, uh, my my dad liked uh, you know Stefan Everts. Yeah, yes, sir. Right, I do. he loved like uh, his standing up style, like just how he ride the motorcycle. Yeah. So, I uh, I did one of the race without the, like a seat cover. He's like, you go race like this, you're not gonna sit once. I'm like, all right, whatever, <laughs> race like that and stuff. But most of my technique come from, I think I had a um, trainer. My first trainer, his name is Yanin Cavella. Um, we we worked on so many standing up um, fundamental thing trying less break less clutch there's all like all little like fundamental stuff like simple stuff but like over over time like just came little natural to me um still yeah. like lots of way to work but um smoother side like yeah i think he helped me a lot yeah yeah because it's uh yeah, I think you're one of the rare riders that you've got that really good technique and so smooth when you ride, but you've got like your own style. Like you don't look like a a robot when you ride and you, you know, you've got <coughs> cool positions that you kind of get in and you've got your own flair, but then every time you pause that video, like it's it's perfect. It's a cool it's like a kind of a cool balance to have. I don't think I think you either get people that are like, 
loose as fuck and just sending it and like yeah. swinging off the clutch and holding the thing wide open or you've got the guys that are like perfect technique and they look yeah. like robots and i think you've got like a really good mix of those two things yeah i mean also, also though every every writer want to post better videos you know um yeah yeah, like yeah. you're good good like good day good side video all the time yeah so yeah <laughs> Yeah, so, that's, yeah, that's true. That's eh? Like right. Instagram versus reality. Yeah, it's like there's no way people are perfect like that every lab. So no, choose the good ones. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean it's just I think watching. Yeah, like uh, I think it's especially hard to do in the races as well, right? So like it's really easy to ride with like that great technique and that fluid kind of style when you're practicing but you know to be able to actually do it in the race as well and i think that's one of the other things that you do well is like you stay quite true to your like technique and your form in the motors maybe that's why people think you're sandbagging <laughs> probably <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> people tell me do better <laughs> But, <laughs> but that's why people used to say that to Kevin Windham. They'd be like, oh, you're not even trying. Yeah, but I always say um, nobody asked their opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you yeah. Go. Um, so, you, so you had a few... So we'll go back to Supercross last year. You were extremely fast in Supercross last year, but you had some big crashes and there was the the one where you scrubbed the shit out of the that double coming into the turn and <laughs> yeah. you know you had that that big cartwheel there what was that it like to go through that season where you had so much speed but well it sort of i think last year maybe just to go back a little bit even so the year before you had such good results and you showed so much like big potential where i think everyone started looking at you as a big title contender guy and then last year it seemed like you kind of had some bad starts and you it's almost like you knew that you should have been doing better than you were and so you were pushing so hard but then that kind of made some crashes happen what was that year like did you feel the expectations and a bit of pressure and like you were trying to make the podiums happen um a bit more and yeah like maybe that led to some crashes or yeah so i um yeah i th i i was riding pretty good on off uh off season and then yeah i i think i don't know i think i to me i just had lack of um of myself like setting up the bike better i sh i struggle mm. i feel like I kind of w didn't know what I was doing to set up the bike enough, so like I'll get this. I'll, I was yeah. like getting this weird unpump that I, that I that I never had. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, just those little small thing. Like, if you want to, it's like at one point, like you can you can go fast on any bike, right? But at one point, I like a setup will like help you like ton ton of like it's a big change yeah, you know yeah and i feel like outdoors that's like another thing like outdoor i was riding okay because you can kind of get away with mistakes and fitness 
Um, yeah. But Supercross, like, so small mistake turns into, like, a big crash or, like, losing yeah. losing a second is it's kind of big. So, um, yeah. to me, I, fitness was fine. Um, speed at the track, yeah, capable of, of doing well, but just the lack of uh, making small changes changes and during the race day and strategy um yeah so i was stressed about like arm power why am i getting it like like it's like mm. I, I'll, I'll line up to the gate okay i'm going to get arm pop around like seventh lap like planning trying to plan yeah. ahead but not in a good way so yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm saying like when you have this little yeah. unsure thing here and there it's like that turned into those big crashes and then and that's what happened i think and and was there any of the at any point does it enter into your mind that you have an expectation because of how well you did the year before honestly i i haven't felt conf like comfortable running up front in supercross yet like yeah. maybe either because i'm not strong on the body side or the setup or yeah i don't know why always um uh, outdoor i felt comfortable uh, running up the pace but supercross when you're at like a top three pace i was like i can i can do it but can I do it for a long time? Like, unsure. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, this, I mean, it just sucks. Yeah, no, that, this it makes year, sense. Yeah, but it just sucks that this year I was honestly feeling pretty pretty good. Like, I'm not going to say anything yeah. that, like, I'll, I'm going to compete for winning or not, but in looking at the past few years, uh, to now it's like not not like faster but more sh- like sh- like stronger like everything's tighter like um, like it's it sounds kind of stupid but like I I kind of start to knew like what I'm doing does that make sense yeah yeah I start no, to man, get, yeah. it, no it makes it, it makes total sense I think uh yeah, there's a there's a thing. I was actually texting with AC the other day, mm. and um and so I me- I just messaged him and I was like, bro, I'm so pumped for you. Like you're back at the races, you're getting great starts, you're up front. Like yeah, you're fading back a little bit, but there's a momentum that these other boys have. And like you remember when Hunter had like his bad seasons with injury and then he'd come back and like there was that moto where he really took it to ac apala and it was like we all got to look in that one moto at what he's capable of but his body wasn't there mentally he wasn't there maybe the setup wasn't there because you can't just snap your fingers and be a hundred percent there's and there's so much momentum that you have to build as yeah. a racer and you put in like good season after good season after good season and and it starts to like really um it's like a compounding effect and i think that you know what you're 
saying and what you're experiencing is like i think you're just experiencing compounding and like learning and every year you get a little bit better and you get a little bit more knowledge and your body adapts uh, Mm -hmm. a little bit more and you know there's there's things that in this sport like you just can't make it happen overnight and i think that's why it's so hard to to be at the top level no for sure yeah definitely definitely supercars um yeah you just even if you just try to go fast for a lap yeah yeah it's like you you kind of can't you have to know like how to go first uh, like fast yeah. yeah yeah it's honestly it's crazy yeah like shredding a turn doesn't mean yeah and, and i know. think like go ahead it's yeah okay. no for sure and like i think um ac he what he ended up saying was and so i basically was like you know you look at the guys up front like you've got eli's coming off great seasons sexton's been building for the last few years webb has been a two-time champion and so these guys like they have this momentum and he replied back and he said like yeah i've i'm doing 80 and feels like i'm going 100 and those guys are doing 80 and it feels like they're going 40 so it's like the speed like you're saying you're not necessarily going faster this year but you probably if you're doing 80 you probably feel like you're doing 40 this year as opposed to yeah last year you were doing 80 but it felt like you were doing 80 yeah exactly what you that's the kind of feeling i have yeah like when I do moto, um, yeah, just everything was stronger, um, consistent. Um, yeah, just literally, I would, um, I, I just had a plan ahead, a little more better planning ahead. So, yeah, it just sucks. To, <laughs> sucks to have my collarbone broken, yeah. but I'll be I'll be back in like you know, shortly. I, f- I hope and then I don't I don't think I will lose everything in two three weeks so no nah, yeah we'll nah, see I don't, I don't think so either yeah. so was it cool to do the full outdoor season last year and be like you well you got better as the year went on and then to the point where you know you're on the podium overall I mean you're on the podium most weekends and then you know you finished on the podium in the overall championship like there's got to be so much lessons that are learned in a year like that and just to be in the hunt every single weekend and to to get wins and to to get podiums like that's to me seems like a lot of that momentum that you would build no for sure yeah from the gate drop number one from Pala to last gate drop uh, Pala is so much difference. Just lining up to the gate, um, you know, kind of, kind of, you already know like you're gonna get good start. Um, yeah. And strong to the end, so yeah, it's it's just crazy what like this experience and the, the confidence can do, really like it's so hard to explain this you know yeah 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 but man do you think about the difference of like the the kid on the geico in the rookie season with the legs shaking and not being able to hang on to the to the bike to 
you know, I'm sure you would have probably felt like a bit of a beast at the end of the moto. Yeah, or oh, like at sure. the end of that season, like ready for anything. No, for sure. Racing felt fun more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Because uh, yeah. I think like, you know, the that feeling, it, it must be so uncomfortable to that rookie season that you're explaining like your legs are weak and your arms like... There must just be terrifying to know that you've got to go and battle yeah. on those tracks. Also, you're like, like that. <laughs> so, like, I just you can't you can't even just ride a motorcycle. Like, I'm like, what am I doing in here right now? Like, it's like only fifty percent of your body is working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Throw me off, but. Always, oh, people are different. Some people are fine, but I'm. I guess I'm a little more sensitive. Um, yeah. But yeah, just yeah. Glad I figured out little by little. Yeah, but there you you can definitely see that there's like a yeah there's you know the kind of like shy quiet Joe Shimoda off the track, but on the track like they're definitely does seem to be like you've got that fight warrior kind of spirit like how do how do you think how do you think about that mentally like do you do you have any like a you know you channeling any like energy like japanese warrior spirit (laughs) type of vibes like do you do you have that in your mind as like a as like a racer or your like dad teacher taught lessons you know i don't know (laughs) Um, my only motivation while I'm racing is like a fighting motivation is like I like to count down the laps like I'll yeah. I'll set up before the race how many laps that I have and then yeah it's like the spirit when I race like you get you obviously get tired and some people maybe you know like especially like outdoor hot long you kind of want to yeah. quit but yeah i i don't honestly like i don't have a problem with that pushing to the end um yeah never running into that yet yeah and that's what i mean like it you you know that quiet kind of shy guy off the track but yeah on the track like you definitely can tell that you're a gnarly dude that just does you're not gonna you know you're not gonna back down no for sure <laughs> yeah it surprises myself too like i will like re watch the videos and like it's crazy like like i say it's crazy that i'm doing this um i'm watching myself telling myself like that's that's not me <laughs> that's someone else on the bike <laughs> yeah. literally but yeah i don't know yeah it's almost like a it's almost like a a little like hidden part of your personality that kind of like only comes out on the bike because so when i i'm like i do i'll do jujitsu right and i have that that same thing like i feel like i'm a very like nice person in in real life and i'm I never want to like, you know, I would never want to actually get in a fight with somebody. I always want to be like real respectful, 
But then I watch myself do jiu-jitsu. I'm like, holy shit, you are the biggest asshole in the world. Like, you, <laughs> yeah, look, like yeah. you, you look like you want to kill everybody. So For it's, sure. it's kind of like the, it, it's almost like a, there is that part of myself that's like in my personality, but it only comes out when I'm doing jiu-jitsu. And it's almost like for you you're the quiet like very nice guy but then you get on the track and it's like he a dog <laughs> yeah i got that dog in me <laughs> <laughs> dude how good is that me <laughs> so funny <laughs> uh, i was uh i was i was talking to tyler keith the other day on the phone and and we were, we were actually talking about digging i said the, the the whole dog thing he's like what's that mean bro like everyone always says that dog and i'm like I'm like, I don't know, bro. You know, he's got that dog in him. Yeah. It's like a dog with a bone. Like, good luck trying to get it off him. Yeah, it's so, it's so funny. <laughs> so, uh, then you... Oh, we probably can't talk about the outdoors without the Hunter parlor takeout. Are you, uh, oh, yeah, are you yeah, still yeah. dirty on your boy for the, uh, for the, <laughs> for the takeout? Uh, only thing that I can say is that woke me up from being not yeah, too aggressive yeah. i mean like um it's racing because i'm not i'm not mad at or anything oh it is what it yeah. is right like i mean if it was me if it was me uh me if it was if i was in hunter's position yeah like that boob i wouldn't choose to do that but it makes sense to do it like i was i was not surprised at all like yeah, the thing the thing happens, and then after I got taken out, okay, if and then didn't get penalized or anything, right? So uh, if that passes um, legal, <laughs> so many passes gonna be easier for me. That's that's what I think, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, true. I was um, I was thinking. Was it was it cool? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Keep going. Uh, so I was thinking, like, okay, when I make and pass, um, I'll, I'll try to avoid avoid this conflict things to other riders, so it would help me in the future, I believe. Um, but yeah, if that, I mean, the pass was legal, then you know, so many like in sh- situation you can go for it now, but then you know you're gonna hit. Yeah. But you're probably gonna make and pass type of thing. I was trying to avoid that, but yeah, after that, I'm like, yeah, like I said, I woke me up, and and I'm ready. I'm kind of ready to race aggressive, so yeah, yeah. I think I think um, we don't. I don't have to do that all the time, but whenever the situation um, behind some riders, yeah, up. I'm ready to pull some not dirty move but fair enough move well like you said Bosch is your favourite rider so yeah <laughs> it's just super entertaining <laughs> <laughs> so uh, but I mean aside from that like I know you boys are all like super close I mean off off the the racetrack was it was it a really fun year that it was pretty much you three boys on the podium most of the most of the weekends and you kind of 
you knew that you'd be able to get up front and like race with those guys it, it must have been pretty cool no for sure it was really cool um i was the best summer i ever had um yeah it, it, honest, honestly like you go race supercars you get to see these fans stadiums it's cool right but outdoors if you're not on the podium it sucks because it's super hot like all i'm thinking is like kind of want to go home you know like it's so tiring so like being on the <laughs> yeah. being on the podium every single i mean almost every week yeah i i enjoyed it it was good times dude you, you're right about that man like it's one of the things i remember the first summer that i did in the u.s i was so excited like i've been watching motocross my whole life just moved to america first season outdoors and i remember going to the races and watching some of the races in the aircon of the truck because it was so hot outside <laughs> no, and I, I was like it's, it's cool. i was like dude you've been you've been looking forward to this your whole life and you can't even fucking get outside and watch the races so man i cannot imagine actually having to race them yeah as long as you do good it's fine but if not it's 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 too hot yeah <laughs> it's crazy hot and that's one thing that you can't see on tv no it looks easy on tv like <laughs> yeah but in in reality that shit is insane and the other thing that's gnarly about the outdoors too is it's kind of just a lot of the tracks are in the middle of nowhere you know like this oh yeah weird yeah. flights to get to them and yeah. and then like long drives to to actually get to the track as well it, it's such like a stark contrast to supercross for sure supercross is more more convenient nice nice hotel food, <laughs> yeah. uh, nice stadium clean yeah outdoor <laughs> not as good as not as good hotels food uh food could be okay sometime but um yeah far far drive <laughs> and and just dirty <laughs> it's you get out of the track <laughs> yeah. sweaty um covered with dust it's it's like it's like you just you know like you you travel all the way to the place get dirty and come back <laughs> like literally that's yeah 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 that's such a good way to say it so but yeah just um I just have to do good <laughs> to enjoy yeah. it yeah no but like like you said you get on the box and it sort of just makes it all worth it you go home dirty with a trophy yeah not, not that bad not and that some bad. bonus money as well exactly so uh so then you you go from the outdoor season and then motocross the nations at Redbud, and i must say this year of motocross the nations i want a jersey because that kit okay. that you had on from like you won like you won lit kit of motocross the nations oh really hands down yeah that, hands down but easy. That, well that weekend for me was it was very tough <laughs> um dude yeah yeah, I don't. Just yeah, I just saw. I 
I ended up breaking my finger that that weekend. Um, oh, did you break it in that crash? Yeah, I crashed and then my finger was broken. But yeah, just tough weekend. Um, yeah, I it's I can't say some some things, but just a little underprepared as a team and yeah. my, myself. So. Um, yeah, so it's just hard to um, put it in good. You can ride fast, but it's hard hard to put it in good overall result from start to end. You know, like yeah. starts obviously really important, and and yeah, so eh, it's, I just want to forget about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was it was it cool though to like represent Japan and like feel the the vibe of of the crowd and were, were you getting like a bunch of messages from people at home as well like were people at home stoked to oh for sure to like be a part of that event yeah like lots of people and it, and honestly surprised because because the the my f- first win on the outdoor was at redbud so people from there was actually yep. actually really like nice to me um i'll do this uh, you, you know, there's like a parade thing where you get on, get on behind yep. the truck yep. and then go around the crowds. Yeah, because obviously Japan is not like not been the the competitive team. So I thought it was gonna be kind of silent, but yeah, I was really like people were excited. So I no, I appreciate that. The old fans out there. Yeah, that, no, but that's what. I'm- that's what I'm saying. You're, you're. I really think you're like one of the big stars of the sport now. Like people, I think that it's so easy for people to cheer for you. Like, and you know, American, Australian, like whatever, people really enjoy like cheering for you. As you know, I think you're one of everyone's favorite riders nowadays. So, might have been a surprise to you, but makes sense to me. I think. Oh, that's, yeah, more for us, then. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Does it make you... I know it must have sucked to have those big crashes and to not be prepared, but does it kind of light a bit more of a fire in you now to to try and, like, like fix the program and, like, get it better for, for Team Japan and be more competitive? Hmm. I don't know. Um... Yeah, I... I don't really have a like good feeling on on the MXS Nation the race is really cool I think mm. but no, I, li- I like Supercross better like to me yeah this so you, do you reckon you could see yourself being like a Supercross only guy I don't know that I don't know about that either but yeah, just myself racing. Uh, to just supercross is way better for me, more like as a fun size. Yeah. So. But yeah, I, I would right like to get a revenge one day, um, with with a good team and yeah, and then more more preparation time. Um, yeah. Yeah, probably not get if I if we take it really serious. I think I would have, you know, not go back to Japan, stayed in the country, 
keep testing the bike because the yeah, bike was obviously yeah. a lot different. Uh, I changed so many thing in in race day. So again, that's kind of a like an unsure thing uh, when I raced uh, this nation. So yeah, yeah the the result like if to get a good result, I feel like the the I feel like I didn't put enough work to that race. So yeah. So yeah. yeah. It's also it's also like difficult. So what? Oh. oh no, keep okay. going. So it's also difficult because so it's like outdoor, right? You have the last round, and then does nation like we had that does nation like three week apart. Like, yeah. So it's kind of hard to keep training, like right after this, the complete season's over. You know, I like my main focus was focus until the last round of outdoor and then do the Japanese national and then kind of like try to do my best in this nation so so yeah if I wanna if we wanna do good yeah we just have to keep working mm. yeah yeah what what bike did you ride there was it how different was it to what you raced did you ride the 450 or no 250 but we use different yeah okay I thought you were on 250 yeah the fuel is different I think oh because it's FIM yeah so that's a that's a a really big difference on the bike and not just the bike too like yeah okay which that makes suspension work differently like I don't know more engine brake or whatnot. like everything was a little awkward when I was there so so yeah yeah so yeah okay because I would have just thought yeah I, I knew that you had to run different fuel but for whatever reason I guess I just didn't think that it would make that big of a difference like I thought you would have just pretty much been able to ride your red bud set up basically I'm sorry I kind of cut out for a second I thought I thought you would have just been able to run like your normal race bud setup. Oh yeah, no. Oh, uh, red bud setup. No, yeah, we couldn't do that. Ah. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, Joey boy, we've uh yeah, that that was that was unreal. I uh I'm so stoked that that we're able to um to to get get the potty in mate, but I know uh, you've got you've got some recovering to do. We'll, we'll let you get home and and rest <laughs> up the old the old broken wing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm stoked, man. I'm I'm stoked that you're able to come and do the potty, have a bit of a chat, and uh, yeah, like like we were saying before, I know it's it's not the easiest for you to um to to sit and and bash on in English for for, <laughs> for a couple of hours, but um, I had heaps of fun, bro, and it was yeah definitely cool to yeah get to know like more about you more about your story and um i guess like growing up in japan and and the challenges to to get to where you're at in in the u.s so i'm, I'm stoked bro thank you yeah it was uh it was good it was a good session for sure um yeah i just yeah yeah i just want people if i can say this right now i just want people to look at me as like um um, just a shy person like um, well, once I can talk a little better open up better different personality so um, I may sometime 
uh, when I when people look at me, I may look like a weirdo because not talking enough. But yeah, just hopefully people know that I'm pretty cool inside. So yeah, when you guys see at the stadiums and stuff, just you know, say what's up. <laughs> well, I. Man, honestly, I just I I reckon that you're cooler than you think you are. <laughs> like I've never I've never looked at you like you're a, yeah, like weird or not talking or anything like that. And I I definitely I know um yeah, I know the struggle like of, of I don't personally know what it would be like, but I know the struggle that you would be going through to, you know, like like we were saying before it's like there there would be like this person on the inside that if you if everyone could understand japanese that came up and spoke to you like there would be this different person that they would you know be able to interact with and it's like a a process for you to to get to you know match that up on the outside but bro i think that whatever pressure that you feel to talk more or to talk better english or I think that you should let go of that a little bit more and feel a little bit more relaxed and a little bit more, uh, you know, just cool to enjoy the process because I'm telling you, everyone that works in this office thinks you're the man. My girlfriend thinks you're the man. <laughs> like there's a there's so many Joe Schmoder fans out there. So I think that take that pressure off yourself a little bit. Don't don't stress too much on it and uh, and just enjoy what you've done, man, because to come from japan as a a young kid that didn't speak english and to um you know to to do what you've done man it's a it's a crazy journey and no one's done it the way that you've done it you know like you're a you're a super unique dude you're a special dude in that in that way so i'm telling you bro just be a bit a little bit more easy on yourself i think because (laughs) there's a yeah we're all we all enjoy watching you we all enjoy everything that that you got going on man so i don't think that you should i don't think you should feel like a weirdo is what i'm trying to say okay no thank you i appreciate it and uh and let's keep let's keep the vlogs going even um well i guess yeah your guys your guys in japan until he kind of comes over here so when you start filming more too like dude just go in bro (laughs) give us and if we gotta if you gotta if you got to do shit in Japanese, even like I actually even think like you could mix it up in your videos. Like I think that I, I totally think it's a superpower what you've got going on. Like I don't think it's a, I don't think it's like a, a liability or it's not like a bad thing that, you know, you, you can't speak perfect English. I think what you should do is just like mix it together, have some stuff in your videos or on your social media where like you're talking Japanese and then run some English subtitles and then for the people that are in Japan that can't understand English speak English when you've got to and then run Japanese subtitles and then everyone like we all get the best of both worlds because you know apart from you know apart from Kenny like you're the only guy that that uh kind of has this so yeah I just think switch that switch that focus and see it as like a really cool superpower that you've got that you know you've got these best of of both worlds mix that shit up and yeah like i think that you know i think that you can really 
you're going to be one of the guys that can like grow the sport of supercross dude yeah thank you it's nice to hear it <laughs> no, sure. sweet all right brother well i'll uh i'll let you get out of here mate we kept kept you uh kept you for a while but yeah did you how do you think that went you think you were stoked on how it went no i think it's good i i think i think like uh th- those questions are pretty cool um yeah never just never really did a podcast really before so yeah hopefully it's good <laughs> yeah no no is there before we go actually is there any stuff you reckon we we should kind of like add in is there any cool like maybe is there any stories that that are like kind of crazy like races that maybe like amateur days or you know any kind of cool stuff that we maybe didn't cover because i don't want to yeah i want to give everyone like the best look at at into your life as they can um i don't know there's so many crazy things that happened to me yeah i don't know i have to takes a while to <laughs> to like uh, well, well, maybe, those no, things. maybe before we go what what are some crazy stories is there like one or two stories that come to mind that it's just like people might not like uh know that you like went through or or had to go through oh you know what actually last year anaheim won i was on my headphone bumping some like i don't know like uh some music machine can kill whatever um yes i was like closing my eyes and listening to it because because the the noise cancelling is so good nowadays I didn't yeah. hear anything at all. And then all of a sudden I jumped the gate. I missed a side lap. I didn't do full side lap on the first run of Supercross. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> you were just bumping away to choose. Yeah, I was, I was on the music and and the crew, the staffs were going like, you got to go, you got to go. And I'm putting my helmet on, strapping it. I didn't get to do my full side lap. I, did only, I only did like a half track. <laughs> that's insane <laughs> did it help did it did it hurt the race or what i ended up um uh hitting the gate but <laughs> <laughs> yeah shit happens oh that's funny what um what music are you are you into these days are you listening to like music? a mix of english music and japanese music or i like i like japanese hip-hop um the rap, I like rap song um, yeah. but yeah like I said I like Machine Gun Kelly also sometimes like a, like a, uh, like female singers any any type of music except for rock no like, rock like a hard hard rock you know like so, the loud so ones. when you're in so when you're hanging around Hunter and he's playing like Tool and shit, you just ain't about that life. Oh, I can't, I can't do it. Even my <laughs> manager Lucas, he likes rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I saw he was it. he was literally at Parkway Drive last night. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like full um, full screamo shit. Yeah, I, I can't do it. No, oh, that's funny. Not for what real. about? Uh, what about food wise what do you what are you feeling food wise these days like what's your go to shit food wise uh honestly not for not because I'm Japanese but I'm, I like sushi 
since I'm young. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, hamburgers are good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Run that in and out program. Honest, yeah, honestly, honestly, anything. I'm pretty like like a food guy. Yeah. Any any type of food. what's the what's the go to sushi order for you? Like, what's the staple sushi? Uh, my favorite is yellowtail. Yeah. You know yellowtail. So yeah, that's yeah. every time I eat sushi, I'll I'll probably order something that has it in it. And are you like straight sashimi, or, or you like the rice as well? Yeah, with, with rice. Uh, yeah, I could do both, but yeah, yeah, usually like rolls or nigiri. Yeah, okay. Yeah, those are good. Yeah. So I'll, mine, I'm big salmon belly guy. So salmon belly for me is like, I just smash that shit. We've actually got, we've got the dopest sushi place that's like 15, no, not even like five minutes from the studio. So Monday morning, okay. Alex and Alex and uh, Rones, that's like their ritual is their Monday sushi guys. But this place is unbelievable, bro. And it's $4.50 per plate. Everything's the same price. And you can just go absolutely ham. And they do the <laughs> nicest salmon belly. And also, like, okay. salmon nigiri for me is like, oh. <laughs> so, speaking to the, like, the sushi, when I went back to Japan, one of my dad's friend took me to, like, like really, really, like, high-spec place. Yeah. Like, like high-end place. Um I mean, obviously, like sushi was really good. But guess how much he paid per? So it's like a like they'll just f- serve you each piece. Yep. Guess how much this was? Oh, uh, three hundred. No, okay, so four. We went with three people total. Yeah. Three hundred. Three hundred. Yeah. No, so. He told me later, like a couple weeks later, it was three grand. Whoa! <laughs> I was I was like, was it good? For, uh, uh, it was good, but like at one point though, like just the fish and rice, it's kind of max out, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. Like, like, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, you're not, being, you're not being real right now. Yeah, it threw me off, but so so like let's say <laughs> let's say uh let's say you go you get to race Japan nationals again this year and I get to go over and I'll like I'll come. What would be like what would be the tour that you would give me of Japan? Like if you were trying to if you were trying to show me like the best part or your favorite parts of Japan, what would we do after the race? Like let's say we got a week. Um Honestly, there's a lot of places you can go in Japan, cool places, but if it was me, um I think it's cool to show people that were like just from walking from my house to my like elementary school. Yeah. I I think that's really cool like where you grew up on. 
it just you know like because you see Tokyo's and and stuff you see you can see these pictures kind of like you have an, an idea I would say but like those small areas that that I like grew up in and I know these places so I think that's pretty cool so what what was the town that you grew up in where was it near it's uh it's called Suzuka oh you know yeah Suzuka uh, F1 circuit yeah yeah. yeah like yeah. right by okay yeah city of motorsport yeah right okay so yeah and what's the like because my like i said jay wilson he's just been over there racing for for yamaha this year and Mm -hmm. i can't remember the name of the town that he's in but it's pretty much like the whole town works for yamaha so it's like there's such a a culture like around those brands so I guess do you remember the whole like motorsports culture when you were growing up? I don't know. <laughs> do you, yeah, yeah I, I don't remember. I have no clue. Yeah. I, like I said, I didn't know anything about like a two wheel thing. So, yeah, but now I look look up back to my place, and yeah, there's like big Honda facility right by my house um lots of um go-karting circuits f1 circuit is really big um yeah a lot of a lot of bike shops and stuff so yeah what do you remember the most about growing up like when you think back to like your childhood memories of japan like what do you think of um honest honestly like Cause every day, like the fun, fu- the fun part for me was to hang out friends. So like I was kind of like a little bit of like wild, like not wild, but like a little bit like <laughs> un- unstable kid. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> that's a wild kid. So like I would <laughs> um, on my way back from school because we walk. Like some people take train and stuff. Uh, if it's far and yeah so like I would like door dash every single house is like walk by and he just run away <laughs> get chased by the dog sometime because uh, my place they're farm farming places everywhere yeah um, people farm there so Sometimes you see strawberries growing. They can go. <laughs> um, or sometimes I would just go straight from my house to friend's house. They didn't come back to the home till like 8 p.m. Yeah, lots of lots of good memories. So what what was the uh, so for me like I was like a full BMX kid, so I we didn't really mm. walk anywhere, but we just rode like bmx bikes and anytime i'd go to like my friend's house it was building bmx jumps or you know watching like bmx or moto videos so like when you were going to your friend's place what what was like the what was the activities the afternoon activities oh um tags what's that you know tags uh oh like the game like like chasing each other game of tag yeah so so the like because of like 
it's it's such a small like narrow places yeah we'll, oh, we'll, yeah. we'll use like like whole like um block of houses yeah to do tags on the bicycle and stuff because you can do that you so, know in japan so it's pretty fun yeah yeah so you just had like the full like normal childhood of yeah just like neighborhood with friends like school and just you know like that real kind of like small town community kind of vibe yeah small town but yeah they just a lot lot of yeah because japan is small country yeah so everything is like tight yeah like buildings are close by buildings everywhere so yeah um we did a lot of that stuff oh that's sick and what about like uh what about tokyo now like do you enjoy to go into tokyo and to be a part of like the city vibe and you know like because you're pretty stylish with like clothes and stuff like that and you got like shibuya like is that still do you still get kind of like inspired by that that kind of part of the culture do, do i get what by the like inspired culture? by that oh like uh um honestly honestly like mm, it's cool to go there but uh yeah maybe like you said it's like it's kind of like uh like a my so my place that I lived in is so far away from there yeah so more more travel than than like home yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, like nah. if I, if I go there, I'll travel to there. You know, yeah. book a hotel or something. You know, see around. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah, no, I think, dude. I yeah, I think Tokyo, Tokyo is like a crazy cool city. It's just such like a, it's almost like another world, especially for me. Like, you know, it. it well, that's like me how you said you felt when you like got to America and you were just kind of like dropped in this place where you didn't really speak the language and you couldn't like communicate. That's like when I, when I go to Tokyo, I mean, I'll be like, Oh, cause I'm asked. Like I got a couple, you know, like a couple little things that I'll say to be like nice and polite, but that's it. You know, and it's, it's a trip when you go to a place like that, you feel like, uh, did you, um, you, maybe you felt like this when you're in America, but all you can do is like watch like you can only just observe yeah. what's going yeah. on you you don't get to like interact with people so you you're almost like silent and just watching what's happening mm-hmm. no exactly it's, yeah exactly what you said but yeah so to- sure. tokyo for me is like a cool place where you kind of you go and if you're there like especially if you're just there like by yourself you kind of going out into the out into the city and then just observing what's going on because you can't really like fully engage with with people yeah <laughs> <laughs> honestly well, I, dude, I only you know went a couple of times so. yeah you know what i was thinking yeah. too in terms of like you moving back to japan you know one day when you're done racing like dude you'll actually be able to have like if you when you do retire from racing you'll have a pretty sick career test riding for the 
manufacturers in Japan. Like, I think you'd be able to get like a pretty crazy good job and you'd just be able to live, go to work, like ride, you know, do your testing and, and like, yeah, just be, be back home. Like you'd, you're like, you're actually going to have a pretty good career after racing too, I think. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do after racing. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> honestly all I'm, all I'm looking for is like I don't know have a have a nice family um and um oh this is also another thing I I might maybe some, it's gonna sound crazy but I like don't wanna keep racing till like close to 30 or more mm. because yeah like I also want to do a lot of things um, while I'm young in, in Japan and stuff. So, yeah, um, just depends on my career. But, yeah, we'll see how it's going to go. What What other things do you, do you want to do while you're young? Well, just, like, because um, my, my dad, like, has, like, a company and stuff. Um, get to learn it so I can maybe go after him um, yeah or like honestly like just you know um, maybe find a relationship like actual relationship while younger age cause I yeah. I don't know just I feel like it I just like to settle in more when I'm at yeah uh, like an age of 30 or something yeah yeah so. it's, and and you want to have like a it because yeah it'd be hard like so if you're in america like the girls that you're around it's like american girls like do you see yourself settling down with like a, a japanese girl like maybe from your hometown like is that kind of what you see for yourself i don't know um i like I said, just like whatever the life takes me, but um, I just it's just so weird for me to have no plan ahead after mm. after riding, and so like it always makes me think like okay, while I'm young, maybe try to learn something, um, um, and and what what makes me better for the future, so. Yeah, like I said, just depends on career. If the career is really good, um, making good money and stuff, yeah, keep racing. It's fun, um, but we'll see. Yeah, what um, what what's the business that your dad does? Uh, it's like a recycle recycling company. Yeah. Okay. And so you could you yeah. could see yourself working for that when you like when your dad retires, like you take over the family business or. I don't know like again like I'll learn how to do maybe a, like a business side from my dad maybe if, yep. he's, if he's nice enough <laughs> maybe start something <laughs> um, but yeah just de just depends on my career but the goal is like um, yeah before 30 for sure I, I don't think um, I don't see myself writing after 
Yeah. Right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, there's no there's no rule that says you have to, that's for sure. Yeah, so just different, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sweet brother. Well, um, I'll, I'll we'll like I'll figure it. I'll cut that like back in so it's like in the okay. in the uh more in like the middle of the podcast. But but yeah, no, I'm I'm so stoked, bro. It's so cool to um, so cool to get to to have a chat and like I keep saying, man, just have some confidence in yourself. Like really back yourself. And you know, don't don't think that it's yeah. Don't think that you're weird or don't think that anyone thinks anything kind of like weird of you because i'm telling you bro you're such a you're such an important part of the sport and you know the sport is going to be so much better with you in it and with you doing your thing so i think uh yeah just keep keep doing you brother thank you i appreciate it all right legend well I will uh I'll talk to you soon. We'll stay in touch when when I when we put it out, I'll like send you all the links and I'll and I'll send you all the stuff. So I um appreciate you making the time, bro. I had I had a lot of fun and definitely I would love to if you get to race the nationals, I would love to go and uh and come and hang. Any excuse to go to Japan is like for me, I'm I'm there. So if you go and like <laughs> we come and, and hang out, I'd be so pumped. No, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Sick.